When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Seds and Sandals, a PNE podcast. This week we're taking a look back at the season so far. We're talking transfers and looking at the ins and outs at Deepdale. We'll be discussing Gentry Day as the Gentry will be heading to Brentford this season. Swansea are heading to PR1 at the weekend and we'll answer some questions that have been sent in to us. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Seds and Sandals. My name is Tom Sandals and with me is Dave Seddon. We're going to be talking about all things p and a bit more every week from now on. We're here at UCLan to record the podcast, so we'd like to start by saying thank you to the university. We work for the LEP following p up and down the country and now we're going to talk about it too. Dave, are you excited for it? Yeah, I'll uh, talk all day, as you know, Tom, and I'll talk about North End all day. So uh, I don't think we'll be uh, keeping you all for that long, but uh, <laughs> no, you know, uh, really, you know, uh, really looking forward to it. A uh, bit of a new venture for us, isn't it? So um, let's see how it goes, and I hope everyone enjoys it. Yeah, the plan is to have it every week, isn't it? We're gonna we're gonna try so people know we're gonna try and have it out every week. Obviously, it might change with midweek games, things like that, and obviously workloads if we're we're going away in, in midweek and, and staying over if there are away games and things. But the idea is to have that constant stream of of a podcast going, isn't it? Yeah, because there's always something, loads to talk about with a football club, and you know, North End are no different. The uh, generate a lot of news a lot of interest you know it's uh we're moving into this new era where we you know you're talking you're talking football 24 7 nowadays aren't you you know social media whatever so um yeah let's let's, let's get talking about it perfect thing for us is we both have a face for radio so no one can see us exactly yeah <laughs> until they start videoing us yeah <laughs> yeah well let's walk before we can run we don't want to scare anyone away before we've uh, before we've even started so um right let's start with the uh, recent results there eh? because with this starting kind of partway through the season, we might as well go back and, and, and have a look at, at where North End have been so far. So, in a nutshell, what do you make of North End so far this season, Dave? Um, it's a bit of an all-rounder, isn't it? Started the season pretty well, really. Um, obviously, yeah, lost the first two away games, wasn't it? But had the win against Wigan in between. And then really from sort of late August, last, last week or so of August... All through September, October into November, they, you know they were really, really looking strong. They had the um, the blip, if you could call it that, <laughs> in November. Four defeats on the trot without scoring. Um, got back in, you know, just in the build up to Christmas. Had the two wins against Fulham and Luton, draws at Cardiff and Leeds. We all thought that was setting us up beautifully for that sort of late Christmas period into New Year, and they went and lost both home matches to <laughs> Reading and Middlesbrough, which I suppose is a bit typical North End from when you've watched them match this long. But 
they have recovered okay recently. Obviously, they did then lose against Norwich in the FA Cup, but a scruffy draw over at Blackburn in the derby, not the greatest game to watch, but it was a point on the board. And they followed that up with the two wins, home to Charlton 2-1, and that really good win this time last week at, at Barnsley 3-0. Um, so you could say they're back on the recovery at the moment mm. and looking forward to Swansea this weekend. Those uh, those four losses, they really kind of... They, I think a lot of people thought that could threaten to, to, to derail the whole season, really, didn't they? And, and I don't think North End are necessarily that type of team. I think Alex Neil mentioned it recently in, in post-match. I don't know if it was if it was Barnsley or not, but... He said, basically, this is a very patchy team. Mm-hmm. And that was just a bad patch. This this team has had really good patches, really good spells. As you mentioned, all the way, pretty much all the way through to November, it, mm-hmm. it, was, a great, it was a great run of form. That November caused a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. But since then, and, and the, maybe the, the maybe a slight blip at home, losing back-to-back games, but that's going to happen in the Championship, isn't it? Yeah, what Alex Neal said about the, the team being patchy, they are, and it, it, not necessarily in terms of performances, but certainly in terms of results, and you can probably trace that back five or six years, even mm. in League One when you got promotion through the playoffs. Absolutely fantastic run from sort of you know sort of October November onwards. But I think I remember there was a spell Octoberish where you know they lost two or three on the bounce then, mm. um, but then obviously hit the straps to end up going up. Um, and then since they've been in the Championship under Simon Grayson. They used to have some, you know, they have some decent runs, some not so decent runs. And then when, since Alex Neal has taken over, we've we tended to have a sort of decent set of results. And then the, we tend to have these runs of four defeats on the bounce. There's mm. been a real pattern, hasn't there? Often coinciding with injuries. Um, probably played a little bit of a part this time. Mm. Not, not totally so. Um, not as bad as Villa when you had... <laughs> you no, had, when they played Villa a couple of years ago, Neil's first season, I think there was like eight defenders out or something. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, you, you were playing left-back, I was <laughs> yeah. playing centre-half and, you know, Alex Neil were playing in goal. But, no, you know, <laughs> um, this time, yeah, injuries hindered him a little bit. Uh, if you think about when they played at Hull, they had Ryan Ledson at right-back, for example. Mm. Um, you know, injuries... Been that deep. When that they, worked really well. When, when, <laughs> when they played West Bromwich Albion, who, who were coming as like first or second in the league at the time, yeah. Paul Huntington, I think, came in for his first game of the season and ended up doing very well and having a good run in the side. But, you know, um, injuries had, had really bitten deep by them. But, um, no, but as you say, we're, at the moment, they're on a decent patch of, you know, they're back to a decent patch of form after being in a, in a ropey one. And I think the fact that four defeats on the bounce didn't drop North End mm. right out of contention is probably sums the championship up, really. Yeah. There is no one... I don't. It's not an. It's, it's an exciting division, but I don't think it's an outstanding one this season. There's no. There's. There's. You know, Leeds and West Brom are up there at the top. They have had a patch of look like they might pull away, but they've been pegged back in. Neither in brilliant form at the mm. moment, um, and everyone else is sort of bunched up behind. You know, I think there was at one point was a three points between third and eighth or ninth yeah. or something ridiculous. It gets, like it gets that. pretty crazy, doesn't it? Yeah. So um, I mean. It's 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 such a weird league that, and I don't I don't think it lacks quality. I I I'm I'm a bit the other way. I don't think it necessarily lacking quality. I don't think it is necessarily as good as it has been. Mm-hmm. But I do still think there is a lot of quality in there. But North End are still sixth. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it's, yeah. I think where 
what it's not got is an absolutely outstanding team. There's, you, yeah. We've had a Newcastle in the past couple of years ago when Wolves were starting on the march to where they are now. Yeah. They were very, very strong. Um, last season, uh, Norwich were consistent with the top, weren't they? Yeah. They went up. You know, you know, Sheffield United. Sheffield United. It, they were both... Once they got themselves going, mm. they were both sort of pretty oh. solid side. And then Villa hit the straps, 10 wins on the bounce. I think yeah, it was at one really point. finished strong. Once Dean Smith took over, yeah. pretty much. Can you see a side putting 10 wins together Oof. this season? Yeah, that's a that very charge? good point. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, so that, that, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying it, it's not lacking quality, the championship. Yeah. I think it's lacking that out that outstanding one yeah. or two teams. And I think it that will make for a very, very exciting second half of the season. Yeah, I think you may have backed... West Brom or Leeds to have gone on that run, but since then, I think it always seems a bit out of nowhere. But they just they just seem to have tailed off a bit. They're, mm. they're winless in quite a few, and and I think that just sums up the championship. But what I will say, do you think having we were both obviously at, at Barnsley and North End played really well, scored some really nice goals. Would you say North End are back to the best, or is it too soon? Get in there, get yeah. in there. Um, he tried a new system over at Barnsley, which yeah. worked to a T. I thought yeah. uh, this sort of. Four four two, but with a diamond midfield, yeah. um, you know the width had to come from the two strikers. They had two wingers playing up front in Sinclair yeah. and Barkhausen. Obviously, we've seen Barkhausen play as a striker this season, but they were able to provide a little bit of width themselves playing up front, or they were able to get the full-backs, especially not not as much Rafferty, but more. Uh, Darnell Fisher provided the width if you think for the opening goal it mm-hmm. was him who put the cross in for uh, Barkhausen wasn't it uh, so it was a, it was a it was a new formation it was quite I, I quite enjoyed watching that to be fair I think I, you know the the 4-2-3-1 Neil tends to like tends to play I like that no issue with it but just sometimes when a manager tries something different it's really interesting when that team sheet came out I think we were all putting our heads together trying to work out who was going to play where yeah. and but not for you, the first time with Alex Neil no no but you know once it got going you thought oh yeah you know a bit of a diamond in the midfield the two wing you know two wide lads playing up front and uh, ballsy good to watch ballsy you call it. yeah <laughs> I like, quite like that one yeah yeah, yeah. it matched them up matched them up really well and I think mm. that that opening goal kind of it was more of what we're used to with North End, yeah. where especially at times this season, I don't know if, if Daniel Johnson's been a catalyst to that or Josh Harrop specifically, mm. but that's more of what we're used to. It, we didn't, we there, there wasn't a many, there wasn't many chances in the game, no. mm-hmm. but North End took it yeah. and they created it really well as yeah. well. North End had three shots on target in the game, mm. scored them all. You know, had a few others flew flew wide in the second half, but no, no, they were ruthless in the first half. Mm. Uh, that that first goal. It, I think it came from Darnell Fisher pressing down the right-hand side. He, mm. he won a tackle, the ball squirted across. I think it came to Johnson, worked it into Harrop. Uh, to Pearson worked it to Johnson, to Harrop. Um, you know, Darnell down, turns. Darnell t- turned onto it. Lovely first time cross. Barquez and took it away really nicely, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but it was good to watch over there. You know, job mm. done by half-time, second half. Yeah, they were going for another goal, but they didn't have to sort of break sweat to do it. To get, you know, and in the end, it was just a ga- case of seeing the game out. No one injured. Take off Sinclair and Johnson, very sensible, and um, you know, clean sheet, which was a big thing. I think there's not been too many clean sheets this season, so mm-hmm. that was a bonus. You know, you didn't you didn't want Barnsley to get a scruffy consolation goal just to take the gloss of it, you know, and it's it's improved the goal difference by three. So happy days. Right, let's move on to the. Bane of your life at the moment, mm-hmm. at times. We're going to move on and talk about transfers. Mm-hmm. So, 
Scott Sinclair's come in. Are we expecting any more? What are we on? Tuesday at the moment, transfer window shuts Friday night, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be expecting too much more. Mm-hmm. You never you never say never in the transfer window. It mm-hmm. might be that someone moves somewhere else, uh, pushes someone down a pecking order, and suddenly they become available you weren't expecting. North End aren't noted too recently for their sort of last minute deals mm. with deal sheets going into the FA yeah. at, at sort of in the EFL at like two minutes to 11 for approval you know yeah. and we're finding out hours later if it's going to happen not really the type to kind of um to, to kind of take a risk are they they're no, not no. They're, they're a very reserved type a very kind of methodical type yeah, not, not yeah. that to they're organized of, they're not yeah. impulsive that's the word i was looking for yeah. they're not, not very impulsive are they no so i think you know if if they're gonna do business you probably know by Friday morning, if it's going to happen, might be totally wrong saying that. I've been <laughs> wrong before, haven't we? Yeah. Plenty of times. Oh, yeah. But, um, I'm sure, we'll be wrong again soon. Yeah, but uh, sometimes there's always a speculation doing the rounds, mm. names getting thrown around, but there's not been something sort of too strong about names. You've you you see all the stories. Preston are one of 93 clubs linked with such and such a player or whatever. You know, there's. You know, is it Johnson Clark Harris at Bristol Rovers? Yeah. Preston was supposedly one of ten championship clubs watching him. Now that's one hell of a player in League One to be watched by yeah. nearly half, half of the, the championship, championship. You know, so. especially when when a lot of teams have money to spend, and yeah. if they if they really want to, they could go out and spend more than two million yeah. on a striker or yeah. whatever he was touted at. Yeah. So would would one one signing during the window would that satisfy people? Probably not. I would have thought. Yeah. Um, I f- People have talked, fans have talked about looking at the goalkeeper in the department, maybe another left-back, a striker. For me, if you're going to get anything in, I'd be looking at a striker. I've said that from for a few months now. They are a striker down from when Louis Malt got injured yep. two weeks after the last deadline. You know, we were just, what, he was injured at Swansea, wasn't he? Mid-August, which yeah. was probably a week or so, two weeks after the window had I shut. I suppose you don't want to come out of January weaker than, in no. a way, what you what you went in. And, and North End have gone into January weaker mm. than they left the last window by losing Louis Moult. Yeah. Even even just that means, yeah. means they, North End are weaker. They were so, weaker from August with, you know, the, the lack to striker because Louis Moult was a big part of the plans. Yeah. You, you, you know, he started the two games, you know, the last the game he got injured in and the previous one against Wigan. Yeah. So if you're looking at it that way, they were already, they were already a striker down from you know from when the last window shut so yeah I, you bring in Scott Sinclair yes he can play as a central striker but I pres- um, looking at it I think that sort of inside left attacking position is going to be more you know the the ideal role for him so um, yeah um, but you know just I just think sometimes uh, uh, you know another centre forward just think what that could um, what could that could bring to the party yeah and it also will always excite the fans but let's go to out briefly Chris Maxwell's recently gone we've got Baxter Armour Walker O'Reilly Ginelli and Earl who are all out on loan Nothing... Burke and O'Connor in Ireland as well they've got nine players out on loan yeah um, as you say Chris Maxwell's gone to Blackpool yeah Sold himself, sold himself to the devil down at the other end of the M55. Yeah, um, that wasn't a surprise. To be fair, he, he, well, he was meant to be on the season's long loan anyway, mm. up at Hibs, and that worked out for him to start with. 
not at the end when they had the change of manager. Yep. Uh, so he got himself fixed up with a you know a deal at Blackpool, which is probably a real you know it's a good one for him. Mm -hmm. No Simon Grayson. Yep. Um, back back nearer home and and whatnot. So I wonder who he's m most unpopular with. Is he going to be the Fleetwood fans and the End fans? <laughs> he's doing his little tour of Lancashire, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. yeah. But but Maxwell's the only sort of permanent outgoing. All the others are yep. loans. Burt went during the summer on yep. loan for a whole for well, for a pretty much an eighteen month job. I think it was until the end of the yeah. Irish season this coming see that the Irish season starts in February runs yep. till October I think he's there till this October Kevin O'Connor similar you know that's bolster out the equation yeah. the um Ginelli's gone to Bristol Rovers for uh, some experience which he needs which league one experience Joshua likewise um I thought he would have stayed at Bolton really mm. um I don't think um it worked out quite how they would have wanted. He got injured. It looked mm. like Bolton did want to keep him for a second loan. Uh, just to explain, Bolton aren't allowed to do full-season loans under their current financial situations. Mm. If they want someone on the whole season, they have to break it in the middle. Mm -hmm. So that's why the Earl's loan was only done to January initially. and then But there was a scope to renew it. The, the signs were from Bolton. They were going to renew it, but then they changed their mind. So he's gone to Ipswich, which is a cracking move because, yeah. you know, at the top of League now, One. Yeah, he's gone from but, the bottom end to the top end. Yeah, but for the first couple of games, he's been sat on the bench mm. and he does face a bit of a battle to get into that team. Yeah. Um, so uh, we don't want it, you know, mm. ideally you don't want it, so he's sat on the bench all yeah, that time. Yeah, it's an interesting argument. Mm -hmm. I suppose some people will say that they want him to fight for his place because yeah. anywhere else he'll have to fight for his mm -hmm. place. He might as well fight for a place at the top of League One yeah. than be given... A place at the bottom and get beat every week but yeah. then at the same time nothing can substitute for minutes yeah exactly. so it's, it's it's an in interesting sort of dilemma that he and mm -hmm. and offend have in that scenario yeah. isn't it and then you got another player in league one connor simpson if you remember he went yeah. to accrington stanley in august he's yeah. not played a lot though three games i think so far he's mm. been an unused i don't know if he's had an injury but he's been back on the bench as an unused sub last two or three games. He's been struggling for yeah. numbers, I think, Accrington. Yeah, he played in the bounce game for Accrington against North End, actually, the other week, um, <laughs> you know, to get some match minutes. But, coat. Yeah, and then, <laughs> uh, then the other lads who have gone out on loan, and mainly the young lads, aren't they? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's down into non-league purely for minutes. Jack Armour did really well up at Lancaster first half of the season. Got a recall when there were the injuries in the defence. I think yeah. he came back, sat on the bench against West Brom. So it made sense, you know, once the injuries are cleared up, it made sense for him to go out again. Um, he's probably been the more successful with the loans to go out mm. so far. Then you've got Jack Baxter, he's gone up to Cliverow, and then the two lads, Ethan Walker and Adam O'Reilly, they're at Staley Roo Celtic now. Yep. Walker had a brief loan spell at Altrincham, didn't he? Didn't quite work out, sat on the bench quite a bit. Yeah. So he, he dropped down a level and... now to go to Staley Roo Celtic. So yep. I think it's at this stage of their careers, just getting a run of games, you know, getting yeah. getting hit by a tackle, playing on a rubbish pitch. Yeah. Uh, I know I've not been condescending there to the non-league, but just, you know, Earning the stripes. Yeah, where you know, just just learning about it, having yeah. someone shouting rubbish at you from the touchline, <laughs> yeah. you know, and telling you the worst, fattest player or something yeah. going, you know, um, yeah. it's good for good for the mentality, good for the physicality, you know, when you got some someone trying to trip you up, someone trying mm. to stop you playing, puts you into you know into the advertising audience or whatever, it just toughens them up, you know, they got they're going to learn a lot more about themselves playing that kind of football than probably youth football. Yeah, I don't they've, got, they've got the stage, they like the youth football, you know, they develop that way, but you, yeah. then you need to take that next step. I don't want to open a can of worms, mm. but the difficulty that these players will always have, especially at the moment with North End, is that 
no one knows how good they are. Mm, no exactly. one can trust that. Mm. No one, especially if the likes of uh, Adam O'Reilly and Jack Baxter of late, once they turn pro, they can't play in, in the academy. Mm. So how is anyone from... Mm. A, that say step four, step five, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is, and whatever division, how can they trust their ability to to bring them in? I think that's the issue, isn't it? Because there's no reserve set up at North End. It's it's out of the youth team and then straight into the first team yeah. picture. They probably need a little bit of a halfway house. Yeah. I know the old the argument about finance. If they were to set up a separate under twenty three. So that that money. takes a lot, a lot of, money. of money. You've got to have a separate medical staff and coaches, things and like that, and maybe can, even facilities. Yeah, I can understand maybe not going down that route, but yeah. maybe you know the old central league, which teams are in round here. I think more can play in it. Port Vale, Fleetwood, yeah. etc. And it might just replace bounce games. Yeah, because bounce yeah. games are pretty regular at, at, yeah. at Springfield, and if, if you're able to replace them and yeah. and get the youth players involved, mm-hmm. that might be an idea. Yeah, the the bounce games. I know a lot. of Alex Neal does like that setup, and he does play the youth team lads in in those quite a lot. Uh, but I don't know if scouts get into those games to watch and see how how people are progressing and um, have a look at it and sort of say, oh, fancy him taking him on loan. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they just sort of behind closed doors, full stop. We 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 don't go to and we're not allowed into him. <laughs> I don't know if scouts no. are, but as you say, people like O'Reilly and Baxter. Maybe it's word of mouth which is taking them out on these loans. Mm-hmm. Uh, elsewhere rather than people seeing them. Right. Next then, Gentry Day. Mm-hmm. Always always a topic of conversation, always one that I think it's fair to say splits opinion. <laughs> this year we're going to Brentford, third time there, lost back-to-back 13-14 when we had Gentry Day there. Um, the interesting thing I saw, both uh, Blackburn and Burnley are in the capital that weekend. Yeah. So that'll be, a, that'll be an interesting one, but... I can see, I can see why people are a little bit edgy about that one. But our last trip to the capital, QPR, early December, I think Burnley were at Tottenham that day, on the same train. Some I remember seeing some Burnley scarves. There was no problem at all. Mm. Um, maybe Burnley fans tend to travel more from Manchester. That side, you know, the railway station. You sort of probably just as easy to get to Manchester, travel down when it is to get to Preston Station. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so. Where where Gentry Day? I, I'm not into this. Oh, we've lost there before. Let's not have it there. That's not what Gentry Day is about. No. Gentry Day is more about. A, it's an act of remembrance. It's an act of celebration of being an North End fan, remembering those no longer with us. People coming together. Yeah, Alan Ball, Chris and North End, the Gentry, Alan Ball Senior in 1970. Mm. He was talking. It was an away match at Shrewsbury Town in the news at the moment for beat, <laughs> yeah. holding Liverpool to a draw not that they'll play the first team but no, let's the, not go the there North End played there on a Tuesday night and he remarked how many North End fans there were that night for a Tuesday night match in Shrewsbury the early 70s where travel wasn't quite as you know easy as it is now yeah. remarking how many fans there were you know what a good turnout on a Tuesday night that's when he first he said pressing North End fans are the best they are the gentry and that's stuck ever since Um so it's not necessarily about going to a venue where they've won or lost before. It's not about how many pints you can stick down <laughs> your throat in four hours. It's part of the day, having a, having a drink and a celebration. Yeah. Uh, so 
I've no issue with that kind of thing. Gentry Day was around. The, they had the first Gentry Day 2005 at QPR. It was just a small group of fans organised it in memory of a guy called, North End fan called John Tracy, who tragically died. He was a member of the original Gentry in the 70s. It was done as a memorial. Let's have a day out and remember John. They did it. It was fine. And I think it was 2008 at Charlton. They made it, or 2007, 2008, I think it was, the... It became an annual day. They've held it every every uh, every year since then. Now, probably four or five years, they had Gentry Day without before social media came in, without people having an opinion on Twitter. It was announced when Gentry Day was. People just turned up and mm. got on with it. Probably, probably when did they have it at Bolton? Was it 2016? That's when there was. A, I don't know. It's just started to get a little bit messy among the fans. Yeah, about. They've had it twice at Bolton, I think. So oh, yeah, it just yeah. started to get a little bit messy about when it was and yeah, where and they where. should be having it. I'm not all for sitting it on a website and like, let's pick and the, it. It's the not the X Factor. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so I know there is various considerations goes into it these yeah. days on policing. I think the other mm. side that, that people are, are saying, and we've had a few, when, when I asked for yeah. uh, questions on Twitter, so mm. I, I'm at Tom Sandals, who got at, said LEP, if you want to get in touch and ask any questions that you want to hear discussed on the podcast. Uh, someone did ask why why people weren't consulted, and it, it seems like the decision has come from a combination of, of Preston, the police, and a, a, a select kind of a group of fans yeah. that, that normally have, have helped organise it yeah. or have been involved. Mm. And I think what some fans may find difficult is that they want to be a part of the gentry but also london can be quite an expensive yeah expensive away day but and so can there's only places. there's only 1600 tickets yeah. initially mm-hmm. allocated so that that might be the other side of it yeah. and that might be what other people are concerned about yeah they, they always try and have it february march april it's second half of the season so it's where games are being played i can understand the london argument but if you're savvy enough you can get some cheaper train tickets I know Huddersfield was put forward as one mm-hmm. alternative. Huddersfield don't give you the full away end. I remember last time they played there, two or three seasons ago, McGeady scored and yeah. Hugill scored. Scored some goals. They only had half of that stand, which I think was about eighteen hundred. Mm. So that that's not a massive allocation. You very, if you think about, it, you go to Huddersfield. It's not a huge place. Your pubs are going to be quite concentrated. Could there be a little bit of rivalry there, which? maybe you don't want Sheffield Wednesday was another one suggested on Good Friday they've had it at Sheffield if if people are going down the argument we've had it at Brentford before they've had it at Sheffield Wednesday before which was probably one of the poorest ones it was under Graham Wesley kicked off at half past 12 for telly Gary Medine scored twice we lost 2-0 it was awful I'm round played up front for no offence yeah. it's not one and yeah. I think I think there were less than 500 went over that I think day. I think that may have been the start of phones out for Wesley when everyone was just chucking, putting the phones in the air because <laughs> apparently the team had been leaked and I think it had just got that bad that yeah. the, the highlight of the day was getting your phone out for the manager yeah, yeah. That, the, the, do you know what our headline was in, half up front. do you know what our headline was in the paper on the Monday after that one go on moles to uh, was it Owls two moles nil. Oh god, that was fantastic. Oh, yeah, everyone yeah. loves a pun, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but b- back back to the argument. Baywatch if, this morning as well. Yeah. Not to forget, <laughs> Chef Chef Wednesday on Good Friday was suggested as a, a Gentry Day venue. Yeah. In the last few seasons, Chef Wednesday's pricing has been high. Mm, very. Probably only second behind Leeds. Yep. As much as was it thirty three pounds last year? Yeah. Now yeah. they're always north of thirty. That would they? yeah. 
is that a consideration as well? Yeah. Um, and with it being on a bank holiday as well. Yeah. So I, I think with something like this, you're never going to please everyone. Yeah. Um, as I say, I'm, I'm not a big fan of putting it to a sort of to a poll. Worth considering yeah. as well that they're leaving Griffin Park this season. Yeah. So that's kind of an occasion for North Ending. It's the last time North End are ever going to be at, at Griffin Park. Unless you get in the playoffs. True. Very true. <laughs> yeah. Very true. But I mean, when 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 they're in the automatic, Dave, mm. we don't we don't need to bother about the players. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's going to be the second to last game there at Griffin Park. So mm. in a way, I don't. No one's going to go. Oh, do you remember the second to last game? Yeah. North End will kind of be a part of history. It's definitely part of North End history yeah. that it's the last time they're going to be there. Mm. So there's that too. It's it's worth remembering that it's subject to TV, so that might change. Yeah. So. The, not necessarily the, the date. You'd be, I'd be surprised if the date changes, but maybe the time is brought forward or, mm. or taken back, and that may cause more problems for the trains. But I think it'll be the fact, uh, the fact that neither team is Leeds means it might not be on telly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they do have a, a divine right yeah. for uh, Sky Sports. But moving on, uh, Swansea at the weekend. From a North End side of things, what 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 were you expecting? Because there's still a few people out injured. We've had a question as well from Twitter saying, how long do we think Galley will be out for? Because his, his Instagram post, I think people are reading into a little bit. I, I don't think there's a lot. I think it's just that he's that he's injured and he's waiting to come back. Whether whether he's going to be out for a, a day or a year with Alex Neal, I don't think we'll ever know. <laughs> but um, I think I think we're we wouldn't be surprised to see Galley back and and potentially Andrew Hughes as well, would we? Yeah, uh, they're the two. When we spoke to Alex Neal after the Barnsley game, he just said, "Well, we've got ten days now between games." Get said get some fitness into DJ, who's obviously played the last two. You know, mm. just need sharpening up. The break will help Scott Sinclair as well. Get some more sharpness into him. And then he said, "Oh, we and we, we should have one or two back by then." Now, if you're looking at length of the players out, Tom Bayliss is out injured for weeks mm. rather than days, as to quote Alex Neal. Um, Billy Bowden the same. Mm. So the other two lads out at the moment. Well, obviously Louis Maltz out for the season as well, but. Yeah. It's, it's Gallagher and Hughes. Now, Hughes turned his ankle during the Middlesbrough game, so that was a month ago, New Year's Day. So you think he's not far from being back. And then Gallagher's had he's had an issue with his groin. He's had an injection into it, which mm. sounds absolutely horrendous to <laughs> me. I'm sweating just thinking about that. Um, <laughs> having a jag a, as well. Having, yeah, having a, a jag. Alex Neal, calls, we call them jabs down here. He yeah. calls them jags, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, the, the thought the of a needle anywhere near a groin area is just like <laughs> making me bringing me out in a cold sweat and not enjoying the thought of it. Um, so if you'd had an injection in that, it'll be looking to sort of settle the area down, I suppose. And uh, so maybe, you know, and having a little bit of time away from the pitch, maybe that sort of settled it down. But Alex Neal's notoriously, unless your leg's hanging <laughs> off, yeah. you, you don't find out. We, we don't, you know, you don't really find out time frames we uh you asked him the question about billy bowden and what what did he hurt yeah <laughs> you got yeah. told his leg yeah. can you yeah. Alex, can you tell us uh specifically where in where in his legs billy's hurt and 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 this is this is the reaction i got i got a pause he thought about it leg yeah that was it that's, he, that's what we get we do try like yeah he pointed to his leg yeah <laughs> so uh yeah but if they could get shoes back i think that would be a big bonus i think joe rafferty's done absolutely yeah. fine there yeah Seven season. out of ten every week. Yes. Steady as they go. Steady Eddie, isn't he? Yeah. But you, Hughes last season was very good at left back. Yep. And uh, he's uh, left footed. He's an actual left back. A big compliment is we didn't miss Greg Cunningham last yeah. year, who yeah. has been one of the best left yeah. backs North End have had in recent times. Oh, Andrew Hughes stepped in and 
yeah was brilliant yeah yeah it's usually probably not quite as good as Greg but he did a really good job there you want two players for every position mm. and it, 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 it fuses out you're sweating on Rafferty coming through the game so okay you know? yeah yeah and also the other side as well if if Rafferty's needed to cover over there right then you back. don't have that yeah. natural yeah. especially natural left footer and, yeah. and uh, Rafferty isn't really the kind unlike Hughes to kind of drive that left side forward no. Hughes will carry it forward 30 yards yeah. and then have a look whereas Rafferty will maybe try and, and fake yeah. that he's going to go down the yeah. line and immediately always turns back and it goes yeah. it goes square Rafferty's more your defender type I yeah. thought Hughes Hughes is a good defender but he does get up the pitch quite well as mm. well and, and obviously as you say you might need Rafferty over on the right when Darnell Fisher gets an, uh, yet another book in <laughs> or whatever. You That's know. not like him. No, it's not. You know, you got Tom Clark out there who's been criticised a little bit for his mm. performances at right back. Mm. People think of the Blackburn game, although I think they should remember how well he played at Cardiff and Leeds in that yep. position as well. So. And I think as, but, it's, as, but it's not his ideal position. Yeah, as poor as he, he was for that first goal, and I'm sure he'd hold his hands up and say he made a mistake. He did save one at, at the far post later yeah. on. What I will say as well, which I wanted to touch on briefly, is uh, Ben Davies has been playing with injuries on both feet. Mm-hmm. So I think this, this 10 days might, might, yeah. might do the world a good for him because I think in the last game he, he, he was good, but... Probably not the the calm, reassured Ben Davies that we're used to seeing, and I, I don't know whether it may have been playing on his mind a little bit, especially carrying injury on both feet. You can't really yeah. favour one side, no. can he? So, yeah. um, I think that that might that might give him a boost at the back. Yeah, definitely. Both ankles, hasn't he? Mm. He, he hurt. He I rolled think, one. Yeah, and then was it the derby ligaments or yeah, something? Yeah, strained them more. He, he came off in the derby game uh, mm. at, at derby. Yeah, in November, but I, he'd missed the Blackburn game at home the previous mm. month. And I don't think he's ever quite got 100% on each ankle yeah. since. So, as you say, this might just, 10 day break from action might just have been a chance to, to rest up and uh, get him properly healed. Swansea have been pretty active of mm-hmm. late. They've brought in uh, Brewster and Gallagher of mm-hmm. of diving fame against us. Not that I'm Simulation holding on to it. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not holding on to it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, so if you look at that forward line where you've got Brewster, Selena, Gallagher and, and Agu, who, mm-hmm. let's not forget, went for £20 million in the yeah. Premier League. It's mm-hmm. a pretty fearful forward line, really, a, isn't it? They've got a good squad, Swansea. I, mm. I read somewhere Steve Cooper had done well on a limited budget. <laughs> Now, fair enough, you know, maybe they're not going to spend a great deal since he came in, but they've, they've, he inherited a squad second season back in the Championship after relegation. Yeah, they got rid of some players, but they, they got a good core of the squad from the, who played yeah. in the Premier League there. You mentioned AU. Yeah. The, they had the Spanish lad who scored against us down yeah, at their so place. AU's their top scorer currently on 10. Yeah. Their next top scorer is Borja Baston, who is on He's 6. Yeah. Both who have played in the Premier League. Baston, who was at Newcastle, I think, and Stoke. AU, obviously, Swansea and West Ham. Mm. So these these are players that have played at a high level and to a point performed I know Borja Baston wasn't exactly clinical mm. but he, he clearly did enough to, to get a move so mm. these are players that have played at a higher level who are now in the championship and they're not going to be on, on cheap wages either no. I think is what a lot of people forget that you want to go out and spend mm. spend a lot of money and, and buy, buy these players but you've also got to deal with the wages I'm sure Gallagher and uh, Brewster aren't exactly cheap no. from from City of Liverpool and Selina came from Man City initially and mm. so these aren't low wages are they? No, no I think it looks a decent squad on paper mm. I think Brewster has come from Liverpool the, Liverpool have this system where they loan your players, but if they're not start, if you don't start them, 
they penalise you and you've mm. got to pay you've got to pay a higher percentage of the Cost wage. Goes up. Now I, I, I do know North End inquired about Brewster certainly. Um don't think it got that far. But you know, he's not trying to be dictated either. No, no, and uh, I, I still, I, I've had, we, we've spoken about this, Tom, haven't we, having a mm. chat sometimes, that uh, is it right that a young player goes out on loan and for his development, he's almost guaranteed a game? How does that help you further down the line in almost your career? Almost what we were saying about Earl, wasn't it, yeah. really? In the big bad world of football, yeah. if you know you're going to be playing every week, is that developing yeah. you properly? Put your feet if up. If he came back to <laughs> Liverpool, he wouldn't be guaranteed a game every week. No. So l- no. learn that, so he looked at, Lucas Nemecha at North End last season. He played a lot of games, but he had a big long run on the bench. Mm. You know, I think you know, he, he, he featured in 44 of the 46 league games, but a good sort of getting near about to 20 mark were coming off the bench. So they weren't guaranteeing starts or anything. Yeah. So and I think that's the way to go. If you're not earning your place, you shouldn't be in the team. But, yeah. uh, but, but you, I think you, you, I mentioned Brewster there with Steve Cooper at Swansea. Mm. And... Connor Gallagher, they both played with Cooper when he was England's under-17s under manager. Yeah. Did they win the Euros? Or yeah, the, the World yeah, Cup, something the 17s like that. World Cup. Maybe. Yeah. So there's obviously the link there. Um, I know Charlton were really unhappy to lose Connor Gallagher. They, yeah. from, you know, they, they had him what, what they thought was a season-long low, and obviously they do have break clauses in January, yeah. these deals. But they weren't expecting him to be recalled. It was, I think it was a bolt out of the blue for them. Mm. But he, he, he is a good player. No, another Raw. side of a short on numbers as well. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, so being rec- being recalled from Charlton, you thought he might have gone elite even a little bit higher. You know, I know mm. Swansea are in and around similar. Well, just one place behind North End, aren't they? Yeah. But I think West Brom were interested in one or two others, mm. and I think there was even talk of a Premier League club being interested in him. So they've got, you know, so they've got a couple of good loan players there, but uh, it'll be interesting to. It should be an interesting game this one. Yeah, and if you look a bit further back, there's Grimes who who's played pretty much every game, and mm-hmm. and Woodman's very similar as well. Yeah. If you go all the way back to to go another another loney yeah. England youth player as well, they've got. Mm-hmm. They, I think they've been quite shrewd. I know yeah. Grimes has been there a little while. I think he signed for one and a half million from Exeter when yeah. they're in the in the Premier League, but he's kind of developed there and he's is a very key player there. But mm-hmm. it's, I think I think going back to North End in a way as well. Those are the kind of loans that I think North End fans are hoping that yeah. that, that North End will make. Mm-hmm. I think Woodman would be would have been perfect for North End if if I mean at the start of the season there was no issue with the goalkeepers. They were happy to go with Ripley and Rudd. Again, question marks are coming up as as it seems to happen every season at the moment. But those are the kind of players that North End fans I think mm-hmm. want. Those kind of not not star names as such, but those are kind of the better players coming out yeah. of the academy that. Mm-hmm. That um, that team seems to get West Brom get Harvey Barnes and there's Dean Garner there at the moment players like that but I think as well like we mentioned earlier they they will cost but yeah, there's different stages of shrewd. yeah there's different stages of players coming out you can get a you think of the Met, back to the yeah. from last yeah. season he was very first raw stage. very yeah. raw first loan sometimes you could do with him that second loan have, you know maybe having had half a season somewhere else first mm-hmm. and then then picking them up that can be a way to go yep. uh, sometimes you could give you know you could bring a player in on loan he is his first loan he turns out to be absolutely fantastic yep. yeah, absolutely stunningly fantastic but, um, but sometimes you just it's ideal someone else knocks the rough edges off him 
and you get a little bit more polish from them. North End have done that in the past, though, yeah. haven't they? I suppose Pearson, mm. Johnson, people like well, that had had, had loans around. Yeah, before they came yeah, in. Pe- yeah. Pearson had had two spells at Barnsley. Yeah, Johnson before he came to North End had been on loan Oldham. at both Chesterfield and Oldham yeah. that season Oldham. in Yeovil the season before. Yeah, we're sort of. I think, yeah, we were a bit further back then where Johnson was still in League One. Mm, mm. Pearson, first season in the Championship. So yeah. maybe we're just moving moving beyond getting towards that next stage now. Yep. Yeah. Right. So to finish off, we're going to go to some questions that have uh, come in from Twitter. A few people asked about any potential incomings. And I know we mentioned it at the start of the start of the podcast, but let's go over it again briefly in case for whatever reason people missed it or, or, or anything like that. So, potential incomings, we're not expecting much, are we? But never ne- say never. You never say never, Something no. may just crop up, someone may move on, yeah. and it, it might just be North End taking an opportunity. Yeah, exactly. A, a deal somewhere else involving a couple of other clubs might, as I said earlier, might knock someone down the pecking order somewhere who thought, well, I thought, you know, I'm not going to be playing now for mm. six months. I mean, you know, let's try and push her along somewhere or a move. That could happen. Uh, but I think, you know, they probably have to get moving on that in the next day or so. Right, next one. And I, I really like this question and I, I'm keen to keen to get stuck into this sort of thing. So from at Danny J. Whiston on Twitter, should PNE look abroad for their players like Brentford? Now, it's, Brentford have a new, really interesting moral in that it is probably the most money ball model out there. Mm-hmm. They're, they're owned by a, a professional gambler and he likes that kind of wheeling and I don't want to I don't want to uh, belittle it by saying wheeling and dealing, mm-hmm. but it, it kind of is that wheeling and dealing where they bring players in and they sell them on for profit. Fans when I, I noticed a lot when Dean Smith moved on, for example, the fans didn't really care too much in a way that they were like, right, well, we trust the process. Whoever they bring in, I'm sure it'll do fine. We've got faith in them. They bring these players in. You get to see likes of, of more pay who's just gone for £20 million. But they're signing them from League Two in France mm-hmm. and places like that. And it's yeah. a really interesting model that they're getting these people mm-hmm. for cheap. Although they are still they're spending not, yeah. a million to a million plus, and, and that's they are spending where I, a little bit. Yeah, that's where I would differ. I think if you were to think of the model, I think they're spending a little bit more than what folk are thinking. Yes, profit can outweigh some, that, can't it? Sometimes they have been spending as much as five, six million on mm. bringing a player, but then they're getting an absolutely big dollar at the other end. You know, once yep. they do sell him on, there does seem yeah, Brentford system does seem to be there's an acceptance that they will leave as well. Mm. Sometimes. Players have left here. It's been a real big controversy. We've sold Hugo, sold Robinson. It seemed like the end of the world at the time. But mm. Brentford just seems to be, yeah, he's moved on. We've made a big profit. We'll start again with someone else. Mm. Um, but should they look abroad? I think maybe they should. You know, mm. I'm not I'm not saying go scouting in every country. You know, I'm not saying they need a scout in Lithuania and Estonia <laughs> every, every every Saturday. But it's but maybe just worth having a look. What's out there? I know. Yeah. I know the argument has been before. They've got. A limited staff, limited on 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 scouting staff, uh, so it would be a little bit more expensive to go out and look abroad. But maybe a couple of divisions, a couple of countries could be looked at. You know, yep. at least get some contacts over there. Yeah. And and you know, if, I'm not saying if you go and scout a country, it's necessarily going to bear fruit. Bear fruit and conjure yep. up everything. So, you know, it might be that they don't they don't like what they're seeing. Yep. Player might not want to come over here, but it's, it'd be certainly worth looking at. Who wouldn't want to move from <laughs> from Europe into Preston? But yeah. I, I mean, if you look at the way Norwich went about it as well, I know Emmy Buendia, who's been getting a lot of headlines, and and especially last season, he came from the second division in in um, 
in Spain. They looked mm. at his stats and thought, mm. even though he was in, a, I think he was in a, a fairly average side in, in the second division, they looked at his stats and thought these are numbers that are mm. beyond where he's at at the moment. We can do with something like that. And a lot of um, Brentford players come from the second division in um, in France, and they're they're not far away in terms mm. of in, of a scouting range. If, if I suppose the suggestion would be that if North End could just venture as far as France yeah. and Spain, maybe Portugal yeah. at, at a push, yeah. maybe Germany in second line, and yeah. look for those players in the second division that you can kind of discover and get on the cheap to kind of keep yeah. costs down. Mm-hmm. If they come in on the cheap and you sell them for a similar price, mm-hmm. you've not lost anything, but there's always that potential there. And yeah. I think I think Ireland has, yeah. has, uh, has been milk dry. Yeah, yeah well, the Irish, you, you think of the Irish one, it served them well for a little bit. And again, they had contacts over there, were able to point them in the right direction. Now, you might... You might go back and think the pros and cons of that. Did certain players work out? But you know, certain players have, certain players didn't. You're always going to get a bit of a mixed bag. But it might be worth at least having contacts over in mm. other countries to think he might be worth a punt. Sometimes you, you can't take the word of an agent 100. Mm. percent You've got to go and watch him yourself. And uh, you know, when you're going to think if if you're not going to get him dirt cheap, I don't think coming mm. from you know, France, Germany, whatever, but you might be able to get them at a decent price. Then you've got to see, one, are they going to contribute? Are they going to make a difference? Are they better than what you've got? Yeah. And two, eventually, are you going to be able to sell them on for, you know, a decent profit? North End will never be the type to go out and spend a few million and, and take a punt, are they? So no. I think... You're more, you're more likely to go North End's model, if you have to compare it with Brentford's. North End sort of shot more the sort of... Between the two fifty, the seven fifty, the million pound mark, yep. and then sell up for seven, eight, nine million. Yep. Where Brentford have struck lucky recently, they've maybe gone more the sort of four, five, six million outlay to start with. Not everyone, but certain mm. players, and then being able to sell them on for a lot, lot more. They're also quite a popular club at the moment I think that plays mm. into it as well if Brentford yeah. are doing well and I think I think we'll be interested to see what happens after this season because this is probably the best Brentford side that they've had mm-hmm. and as a selling club if people to come in in the summer I feel like it might well get dismantled but mm-hmm. um, we can Brentford... go and have a look at them on Gentry Day can't we yeah exactly exactly um, yeah I just think that uh, as well the name Brentford they, they play all this football and that that sometimes might play into the fees anyway uh, one other question we had was uh, how long will Gala be out for? We touched on that. We're not. We don't know don't because know. Alex Neal won't tell mm. you absolutely anything at all ever. But uh, we don't expect him to be out too much longer. We're looking no. at him and Hughes to come back. We think uh, in the in the near future, others maybe a bit more long term. The likes of Billy Bowden and mm. and obviously Louis Maltz out for the season. Uh, one more uh, club reportedly up for sale. Would Hemmings make a profit? That's from Dan J. Cottam. Now, that's the club was reportedly up for sale for fifty million, which got rubbished pretty much straight away. And, and I mean, anyone, if you think beyond the price that North End's players are worth, you could easily, just off the top of your head, find thirty-five, forty millions worth of players. It was never realistic, was it? No, it wasn't. It was. It was a website report. Mm. Uh, came from a document which North, a financial document North End produce every year in house which sort of puts values on the squad, explains how the club operates, how they make the money, where it's lost, where money's lost. And if if there is someone interested in buying the club and a bank contacts them on behalf of those, mm-hmm. you know, interested parties, this brochure will get yeah, sent out. They've to just them. got to be ready. Yeah, it's updated every year, every note. I think I think the new 
I think it it was last updated in November because they just got the latest set of figures back mm-hmm. from the auditors. Those figures, I think, will be made public end of February, start of March. I think they're due to report to the uh, um, due to report their financial statement then. And yeah, the, this um, this document goes out to interested parties. It's not just sent out in the post to anyone who wants it. You know, it's got to be serious. Can't pick up your ticket yeah, on one of these brochures yeah, as well. It's... Yeah. Now, 50 million, as you say, if you think about the squad's worth in terms of what transfer fees you get, plus what wages are on, etc., etc., that's going to build up beyond the 50 million pound mm-hmm. mark. Uh, you've got the stadium to take into consideration. The training ground, <laughs> both the current one and the patch of land with the sheep on at the moment. <laughs> where, we'll, uh, we'll talk about. We got. We did get a few questions yeah. on the training ground. Yeah. That's not not for today, but yeah. we will. It might that might need a podcast on its own at some yeah. point. But but, uh, but you know, you're looking beyond the fifty million pound mark, or well beyond the fifty million pound mark as well. Yeah. And if you think there is, there's no external debt, but there is debt owed to the owner. Yeah, I suppose that has to be taken into consideration there. So. Yep. It's just there, ready for the next shake that turns up and wants to yeah. wants to purchase a football club. And but I think I think I think we got told fifty million was. Um, let's put it. I'll put it not as rudely as what we got told, but it's wider than mark. It was silly. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was 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 not quite accurate. Yeah, yeah. Um, if, if the wind was blowing that day, you'd be uh, yeah. Yeah, you'd be going in the wrong direction. Um, yeah. Right. Well, Dave, I think that is about us for this week. So, uh, is there anything else you'd like to add? Anything no, that springs to mind? Really enjoy the chat. I just hope that, yeah, transfer windows Friday. Yeah. Whatever happens, whether they get someone or not, um, we can. We're going to be debating all day long whether the squad is stronger or not. Yeah. I think it will be stronger in certain areas uh, with Sinclair's arrival. If they do miss out on one or two other things, it's maybe a little bit weaker there. Yeah. Um, and then. It will be Alex Neil says, well, judging from then on, yep. it's then up to what they've got. He is the coaching type as to well. To go and so. prove, you know, if people don't think it's stronger than it was, it's up yep. to them to go out and prove it, diffi- you know, prove it, you know, prove it wrong, you know. Yep. So um, they're not that far away. No. Uh, I mean, to be but, sick. But whether if they don't, yeah, the six at the moment go, you know, going into the weekend, whatever happens with tonight's results as well. Um, then so they're not far away, but now they've you know they'll have to show it on the pitch. Whether you know time will tell whether the squad is good enough to get them in that top six at the end of the season. Yeah, and be all uh, all quite interesting. We may end up with uh, a bit of a post season mm-hmm. if we're uh, if we're lucky at this point. I'm not sure if uh, the automatics are are completely out of the question, but it's looking more like the playoffs. But, yeah, if, I would uh, say that I would say the main challenge has to be now for the playoffs. You know, especially so. because of how tight everything is. Yeah, yeah. Right, well, that is us for this week. I've been uh, Tom Sandals. Along with me was uh, Dave Seddon. You can find us on Twitter at, at Tom Sandals and at SeddsLEP. Also give at LEP Football a follow. That's where you'll find all our stories, all the coverage on North End every week and every day. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time. <laughs>